We live in a fast-paced and hectic world where it's easy to feel overwhelmed, stressed, and out of control. How do you manage all the competing pressures without losing sense of yourself? How do you stay focused enough to not only plot a path, but follow it? Welcome to Master Your Life, a show that offers inspiration, insight, and intelligence, as well as success stories from many walks of life that can show you how you can control your own destiny. Our knowledgeable and entertaining host and her guests give practical advice that you can use every day in the quest to master your life. Now, here's your host, Leah Mattinson. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. We're so excited to have you here with us from wherever it is in the world that you are tuning in from. And welcome to the show today. I'm host Leah Mattinson, joined by my wonderful guest today, Re appearing on the scene after several months of absence and busyness is Crystal <laughs> Evans of Courageous Yay! Travel. Crystal, welcome back to the show. How are you today? Thank you so much. I've, I've been pulled into island life. <laughs> <laughs> We've sucked her out of the ocean vortex and got her to come back from playing with yes. <laughs> to do this very extra special episode for everybody. Uh, and Crystal, it's an absolute delight to have you here. For those people who are not uh, familiar with you and your work, can you give a little bit of a background? Oh, yeah, sure. So I love travel. That's courageous travel. And I spent almost a decade in Uganda, East Africa, where I built a hotel. I built a school for orphan and needy children and started a safari company. Then I left an abusive relationship. And I decided when actually remember the time when I was in my hotel reception in Uganda and I just knew it was over, right? It was like done. And I sat there and I told myself, what am I going to do? I said, I'm going to travel Central America. I'm going to start a few new businesses and I'm going to write. And so now um, I've spent the last two and a half years as a single mom with my kids traveling Central America. And now I'm in Mexico and I've started a couple of new businesses and I'm writing. So your words are powerful. <laughs> they are. So be careful what you speak. <laughs> be conscious. Be conscious of what you speak. That's why I'm not going to say that I'm going to be in, in Russia in the freezing winter. <laughs> right. Stay out of Siberia. Good call. Good call. Well, Crystal, I was, you know, when we were first introduced several months ago, what I was awe-inspired by is you traveling with children by yourself and they're little, you know, so you've got a lot of um, just busy hands. And then you're also helping other people with children. You're just such a hands in the clay woman. Uh, I, I just was so impressed and continue to be impressed with the work that you're doing. So tell people now what we're going to talk about in this episode is navigating travel in this changing world. Uh, because you've been boots on the ground uh, doing traveling and coping with what's going on worldwide. Talk about, can you talk a little bit about your citizenship first of all, and oh, sure. kind of where you're, where you're at now and, and the challenges are what you've kind of seen happening from the start of the shenanigan fest to now. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so I'm a dual citizen. I'm a citizen. Actually, I, I'm a triple citizen. I'm a citizen of um, the USA. And actually, it should just say U.S. because 
the United States of America is different than the United States, but that's a whole nother conversation. Um, and of Canada, and then my my third citizenship is of the galaxy of the heavenlies of, you know, that's our, that's where we're all, we're all really citizens of. We're all really citizens of this galaxy. So a galactic sister of the yes. cosmos. <laughs> I'm looking for my passport right now. Hang on. Okay. <laughs> so we all have that passport. It's all stamped. Yes. And here we are still living in this crazy 3D reality. Talk about what you, where were you when, uh, when this, and I'll say the shenaniganifest started. Yes. yes. Oh, I was in Honduras when it started. I had just returned from Belize had done a beautiful, like amazing experience in Belize, returned to Honduras. I was planning to help a local school with um, teaching English. So helping the teachers learn English as well as the students. And my little kids had just joined school and it was like this fresh breath of air. <sighs> my kids are going to school for a couple hours. <laughs> and then, da-na-na-na. <laughs> Right. It happened. <laughs> it. It. So all of a sudden, yeah, there was the pandemic was in full, full place. And um, my kids were no longer allowed to go to school. My plans of helping the local school teach, learn how to English was out. And I was in rural Honduras in a house where I ended up staying for like six months, hanging up by myself. <laughs> Right. And, and so you were really then a, the galactic citizen because you couldn't return or you didn't return to the U S or Canada. So why did you make that? Conscious oh, decision? No, let me tell you, this was super crazy. Even if I had wanted to return at that time, at the beginning, Honduras mm -hmm. closed their borders and there were actually um, several Americans, like a lot of Americans um, who were trapped within Honduras. Some of them were tourists and they, you know, they had kids at home. Um, somehow eventually the U S convinced Honduras to just allow the American citizens out. And I think they arranged a couple planes for them, but this was after a couple weeks. So mm -hmm. Americans and I, I'm assuming Canadians, I, everybody, everybody was stuck, but I particularly knew, followed the American stories of the, who were stuck. Um, so then, yeah, no, I just decided to stay. Um, why not be there? But you know how it all happened, too, is also it was this whole two-week thing, right? Oh, this is going to be two weeks. And uh, as we know, this is like a drip fear campaign or something like this. Mm -hmm. You know, we're going to give you a little, make you afraid, give you a little freedom, then close you in again. And so it was that whole thing. Um, but let me tell you, Honduras was the worst. I just want to tell you this. <laughs> Yes. Because I've traveled out of Honduras since, I mean, only to Mexico, but what Honduras did was terrible because then they said you could only um, go to like the bank and the pharmacy and even the main town twice a week. I mean, twice a month, according to the last digit in your passport or your ID. And so literally then I needed to apply to extend my visa in Honduras. I had to pay the government. So I thought, you know, maybe they'd let me into the bank to pay the government. I showed up, they would not let me in. And now imagine 
having when people are allowed into the bank only twice a month how hard it is to find somebody that is actually their day that they can actually go into the bank but fair enough as much as i was stuck in my house i had a pizza delivery guy because <laughs> i got food delivered to my house and so i called the pizza delivery day guy and it happened to be his day <laughs> and so he met me at the bank i gave him cash he walked in there with the papers i needed to pay for the government to extend my my lease there but that was like totally not cool no not <laughs> cool communism be friends with your Yes, your He's local delivery guy. Delivery yes, delivery this is guy. the important message here. <laughs> Make friends. <laughs> so people will say, what do you mean that's communism, Crystal? Like, what do you mean when you say that? Oh, well, I mean, like... you've been in communist countries. Completely controlled by the government. I have visited a communist country. So um, I visited Poland, and it's not communist now, but the people that I visited in Poland, because um, I went to they had meditation circles. So I went to meditation circles. We met in, in this completely divine, amazing way, which is another whole story. But we had met divinely. Then I was in Poland and I was there. And so this man was who runs the meditation circles. He was sharing with me what it was like when he lived in Poland during communism time. He shared about waiting in bread lines. And this is the other thing, like they were having people wait outside the store, like literally, mm -hmm. you were not allowed in the store. There was lines outside of the store in Honduras, lines outside of the bank. And you'd have to spend like if I wanted to go to the supermarket and shop in Honduras, I would have had to spend two hours in a line. Then I went to online ordering. So that's what I did um, for many reasons. But to tell about this guy. So he had to stand, he and his brothers would take turns standing in line to get bread. But then the story that really stood out to me was fish is very important to them for, for Christmas time. Mm -hmm. And so they bought a fish like a month before Christmas and kept it alive in their bathtub <laughs> wow. Wow. until Christmas. So then they could kill the fish, the Christmas fish, the Christmas fish. Right. And so right away, I mean, we've, we've talked since then. And right away, I mean, their first fear of course was, are we going back to this? Mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. um, and in Honduras, I don't know how it is now, but this is why I eventually left. I was like, no, you know what? Peace out. <laughs> like, bye. <laughs> this is not my vibe. This is not vibe. Yes. Not my vibe. So talk about now, where did you go after Honduras? Yes. Yeah, so I flew into Mexico. Um, at the time, I actually knew several people from the U.S. that were taking vacations to Mexico. And it was one of the only places, and I still believe it is one of the only places in the world that does not require a COVID test which is something important to me. I do not want that huge thing stuck up my nose next to the brain, blood brain barrier. Um, and, you know, it's just a hundred percent is a violation, complete mm -hmm. violation. So it was pretty much my only option because <laughs> I mean, otherwise it was Tanzania at the time, but now they've murdered the Tan. I mean, 
they've COVID side is actually what I call it. They've, right. you know, <laughs> COVID killed. <laughs> right. They COVID killed the president mm-hmm. of Tanzania. So I don't know if Tanzania now requires a COVID test or not. Um, and then I think there was one European, I mean, it was literally less than seven countries in the entire world not requiring a COVID test. The, the U.S. I think wasn't at that time, but now is also. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want to go back to the U.S. So we flew into Mexico. I knew people that were coming to Cancun, Playa de Carmen, um, and Tulum, but they were all kind of big for me. So then what I did is um, I found a little fishing town, Puerto Morelos, and I, I stayed there for three months. Then I went and volunteered in Cancun for a month. And then now I've been sucked into island life. Like I said, I am on beautiful Cozumel Island, which used to run off of um, cruise ship businesses. So apparently um, like eight cruise ships a day used to come to this island. Mm -hmm. And so now the island, people are really suffering here because this was the only way they knew how to do business. And even if they weren't, tourism is one of those things if it's your economy even if you're not in tourism everything is affected by it because the people who are making the money off the tourism are the ones who spend the money in the shops right. locally you know they're the ones who are hiring the mechanics locally to fix all the cars the tourists have they're the ones buying food from to feed the tourists or even just to feed their own family from the income they've made from tourism so um, that's one thing i've really seen the effects of is um, families are breaking apart. Um, People are turning to drugs and addictions. um, And people are just broken and don't know where to turn and how, what to do next. Mm -hmm. So a pretty clean living, uh, hardworking culture of families that communicated well and had sort of reverence for generational respect for their elders, et cetera, has now been decimated in 15 or 16 months. Is that kind of? Um, yeah, like it's just, it's really sad to see and hear, hear the stories of what, what families are going through. So like I'm going to share with you mm-hmm. last time I talked about how I was going to be building houses and I thought I was going to do it through an organization in Cancun. Um, and actually, this is a wonderful story of though a family that did stay together during this time, but there are many families that have broken up. So um, when I came back to the island, I was coming back to pick up my laptop that I'm actually on now that I had left getting repaired, as well as to buy a car. But this young boy, he reached out to me. I mean, he's 28, young for me. <laughs> uh, he reached out to me and said, oh, because I posted on Facebook what I was looking for and everything. He said, can I help you purchase the car? And I was like, yes, I would love somebody who can help me to navigate this. And so we became friends through that. And when I came to purchase the car, I got to know him and I saw where he lived and I heard his story and he had also lived off the cruise ship business. Mm-hmm. And then he had, was renting a place for him and his wife in town and you know he had furniture he had a tv he was able to take his wife out to dinner or order her pizza or you know and he this guy he really loves his wife so much and his wife really loves him so much um but then when this happened 
you know, slowly the furniture was sold off, slowly the TV was sold off. And again, he's, the people said it's only going to be two weeks. Right. So, you know, at, at that time it was, okay, well, let's spend, people continue to spend their money normally also um, because, you know, it's only going to be two weeks. So, well, it's only going to be another two weeks. But then it spread out and all of a sudden it's not two weeks. So then long story short, he's... Um, wife's family gave him space behind their house and they built like a out of tin so they've just built their house out of like old rusted tin um and so this is where he and they have one hammock and this is where he and his wife are staying and then um so i decided right away you know what instead of doing it through the house building through a big organization let me help one individual that I've met in person. And so I also give um, a big thanks to Joan, um, who heard me through here and donated the money for the house. So thank you, Joan, again, for your generous, amazing heart. <laughs> and so then, yeah, so now we're building the house for him. His wife, though, when I met him was like about to bust pregnant. Mm. So we waited for like the last month and a half for her to bust and they've given birth to a beautiful baby boy named Renee and he's adorable like all babies. And then we were wondering the next, okay, well, and then she like recovered. She had to have a C-session. She recovered, but we're still wondering how are we going to build the house while they're living in it, right? Because are we going to rip off one wall and build one wall at a time? Because it's the only place that they have to mm -hmm. sleep. And so then again, the grandpa and grandma gave another space that's not connected to their house right behind there. And so now we had, um, we dug the foundation of that house. And so they had some people come in, we got big rocks, sand, cement and a team of people came and put that together the foundation has set and then when that building team is available again we're going to um start with building the walls so i want to just dive into this a little bit um further a little bit more microscopic sure. a couple things uh if you're listening to the show uh, one of the things that was very cool about Crystal's uh, um, experience coming on is that somebody reached out anonymously to donate and help support your work, which was just like, whoa, that is so cool. So cool, right? Was, like, I mean, when I opened it. and got that email, I was, I was almost in tears, right? Right. Oh, exactly. <laughs> like, so, what a huge, amazing blessing yes and so the i want to highlight that because people often are listening and going well how do i help how do i um support things really important you didn't you thought you were going to go through a big organization that isn't ended up what happening um and for people who sort of pay attention to how we've got into bondage about all of this um stuff that we're in bondage about it's because we acquiesced one Thing at a time we gave up one thing at a time and yes, the break those spells is one at a time one person at a time one project at a time one day at a time so it's not these great big things yes and sometimes even it's like one moment at a time okay can i just bring myself to be present 
right here where I am, instead of worrying about the future or thinking about the past, can I be right here, right now in this one moment and listen to the birds sing or do whatever that one task is that I need to do right in front of me at this time? Yeah, yes. And, and so that's so empowering because, um, again, people going, what do I do right now? How can I support and help right now? It might be something that's a crystal project. It might be something else, something in your own neighborhood where you've maybe kind of gone, I kind of turned a blind eye, or I didn't know how to approach anybody, or I wasn't sure how to, you know, ask if people need help or support. This is a time of that raising consciousness where we really can step into these intimate conversations about how can I help and support you, not through a third party, but through helping you personally and individually. Yes. I'll tell the, the audience, Crystal and I have talked probably eight to 10 times between the time of the first interview and now. And every time we talk, Crystal is busy. She is busy. Helping. <laughs> she's somewhere doing, she's somewhere helping somebody do something. She's got a, one of her children, usually river hanging on her and loving her up. And, you know, just so she's, she's really boots on the ground. And why this is, um, is important to point out or to note is that that's the divine timing of seeing people actually in action, working to get resolutions on the ground that sometimes it isn't easy and it isn't slick and it isn't pretty. It's just, but it helps to get roofs over people's head, food in their belly, protection for people who are vulnerable and that you have that just as much power as either myself or Crystal has to help those things manifest. Um, then I just want to switch gears a little bit because I want to talk about for the last portion of time this courageous travel thing isn't just about helping on a humanitarian basis. It's also really connecting and healing yourself through being in interaction with nature. So you've got yeah. this very cool oh balance yeah. of yes. helping, yes. <laughs> but also not like helping yourself. So you have things on this. I often think of the Libra, you know, scales of balance and that keeping those scales balanced isn't putting all of your, energy into the helping of the other human being. It's also about making sure that you're nourished, that mother nature is connected with. And part of your uh, travel program or experience has really been connecting with animals at an incredible level. So we've talked about the house. Let's talk about the animal All uh, right. explorations that you've had and what people can maybe look forward to, I think, as they. Oh, yes. Traveling. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Okay, so I'll start with the ocean and then I'll move to horses. Beautiful. So like I said, I mean, the first thing when we crossed the ferry, which I'm just going to tell you also about that experience because it's also not a cool experience. Right. So the ferry, oh, they're like super into like the mask thing. Um, like once I didn't even get on the ferry because I was over it. Like I ran and screamed at the ocean. And I was like, I'm done with this <laughs> um, because they will not like let you on the ferry unless you pull up a mask over your face when you get onto the ferry, which is awful, which is why I don't travel. But the minute we're on, we, we take off our, our mask. Like even the minute we just cross their little line, it's just that line, mm -hmm. right? And I mean, I'd rather be real with where I'm at, right? Like, I don't want to just say I never do because I haven't figured out how to navigate out of that. Mm -hmm. um, but then, like, they asked us 37 stinking times to pull up our masks. 
And so first, like, we're just like eating, drinking, you know, I buy lots of snacks. So this is like, if anybody in the world is like dealing with this issue with the mask, the great thing is it's over your mouth. People cannot tell you that you can't eat and you can't drink. Get popcorn, nuts, get raisins, get something small that you always have to be eating. <laughs> we don't weigh so 200 pounds at the end of this yeah. either, right? It's it's like we, did, we had like, I just purchased blankets. Right. Um, like these nice Mexican blankets. So we just pull it up over our face like we're playing peekaboo. And then we'd pull it down and we'd giggle. And then I think one time I actually left you voice messages when I was at the ferry. Yes. Because then they were like broadcasting like loudly on broadcasters. Masks are mandatory. I was like, hugs are mandatory, Leah. Hugs are mandatory. This is all we need in life is hugs. <laughs> <laughs> more hugs, more chi hugs. Exactly right. Exactly. Yes. So, and then another bad thing, and I'm just going to mention this because I want people to be aware mm -hmm. in case this is anywhere else in the world. The first time that I got off the ferry, we were walking, um, just walking normal, like we're going to go onto mainland. And we walked under something. And when we walked under something, it sprayed us with something. Yeah. I did not know what this spray was, but all of a sudden, and then my kids asked, what was that? And I, my immediate result was that was an assault against humanity. Mm -hmm. Like, but then what happened is we spent like three days in bed sick. All of us, not just like, and I'm a mom and like, other than malaria, we don't get sick. And that was in Africa, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, right. So far, our family's pretty hardy. So for all of us to be down for three, four days, I completely think it was whatever they sprayed on us. And then my last time that I was through there, I videoed the like spraying machine until they chased me and told me to put on a mask, which of course I wasn't going to do. <laughs> um, but so anywhere, like if anyone's traveling places and they see something that looks like it might spray on them, like watch it and have an umbrella. Oh, did you dodge it the second run. time then, Crystal? Did second you dodge it? We dodged it. I told my kids, run, run, run. It's not spraying right now. Run through. Good. <laughs> so they were like speeding through. But said, then, people but, might not actually realize, but DDT, when they were spraying, you know, crops with DDT decades ago, that this is not a new thing. It's not new, but it's so shocking to think that uh, it's so shocking to imagine that you're um, the people who you think are supposed to protect you are not protecting you. Yes. I mean, how in the stinking world are you allowed to just spray something on me? You don't have my my consent to spray something on me. Right. Yes. You, it's this like being is, spit on. It is an assault <laughs> against humanity. Like yeah. they might as well just call me a punching bag bring out some soldiers and punch me. That's what it was. Mm -hmm. Like this is a hundred percent not okay. And now I think they've run out of the spray. I think they found out it was expensive. And now I don't think the machines are working, but I just say that to like warn people. If you ever see one of those things, run through it, get an umbrella, go on the side, even if it's not allowed to go on the side, like, avoid it at all costs because whatever it is it's disgusting horrible and will most likely make you sick right so you get here to Cozumel the water the first thing just looking over 
And we, I think the first time we came, it was like at night and we looking over, the water is so clear. Mm-hmm. It's crystal, crystal clear. And so what we've done is we've taken up snorkeling. Mm-hmm. And what I love about snorkeling is like different than a hike. A hike, you pretty much know what you're going to see. Maybe there's going to be a different flower. Maybe you'll see a deer you know, so it would be a little different, but not a lot different. But every time you get into the ocean, you see a different type of fish. You see, uh, I saw a big eagle ray. I got swim with a huge eagle ray. Um, and just the fish are bright and colorful. And mm-hmm. you never, I've seen stingrays. Um, it's the coral. The, the coral, coral in different lo- locations looks completely different. There's these purple fans that are really, really beautiful. Uh, so I've enjoyed that. But then off of the island, I went to a place called Akumal. And Akumal has amazing sea turtles. So I've been there twice. And the first time I was there, we paid for the little boat to take us out. And we had to wear the little life jackets and do a little life jacket tour, which is not really my thing. Um, but I did it for my kids. <laughs> so, and they got to see another beautiful coral reef and we got to swim out and a turtle came right up next to my daughter, um, like popped his little head right in front of her. And it was so cool to see sea turtles. Um, and like the sea turtles are, some of them are white and then some of them are green. So the variety in the sea turtles. So that was an amazing experience. And later that day I swam out and I was by myself in the afternoon and I saw a turtle my size. So, and I got it and I didn't have a life jacket on then and I got to swim down and swim right next to it. But then my GoPro got water in it. So I didn't capture that, but I went back a second time and I captured it and I'm going to show it here to you guys. And what I did second time is I woke up at sunrise and got on a sea kayak and paddled out to the area that I knew the turtles were. And I think they like mornings because I saw like 10 sea turtles. And I saw also stingray and some, some of the turtles were little, some of them were about half of my size, but there's nothing as amazing as just being in nature and seeing, seeing God's creation and seeing, you know, like, I don't know. It's just healing. Like you said, I can't necessarily put words to it, mm-hmm. but it's healing. It's rejuvenating. It's refreshing. And when you have those experiences out in the wild and with wildlife, it makes you feel like, okay, now I can face the rest of life. <laughs> yes. But you know, it's just this moment of pure joy of forgetting everything else. Nothing else matters in that moment other than just joy and connection and just being present right there and it's marvelous. Yes, absolutely. Everybody should connect with nature Every, multiple times a, day, a week. A day. You know, yes. I went I went uh, snorkeling in, I'm going to say it wrong, but well, Talco, I can't say it. Well, oh, I pronounced tons of things wrong here, I'm sure. <laughs> but 15 years ago and it was still, it's my favorite, was my favorite holiday ever. And it was exactly that. I got up by myself in the morning, get on my ocean kayak, 
and just kayak away. And a sea, one sea turtle would, would always be there in the morning wow. swimming along. And it, I was absolutely, it's like gobsmacked where you just go, how did this divine thing happen? How did this, yes. like, how did this show up? And it still gives me goosebumps when I think about it because it was so incredible. And in that same trip, I got to go snorkeling several times and had this really great um, coach who took me out the first time, like dry land, Alberta girl. So believe me, I needed, <laughs> I needed sure. a lesson or I probably would have died. Right. <laughs> I'm kidding. I was, I was actually really comfortable. It was totally my milieu. And we went for uh, about five hours underwater my first time out because I just kept seeing things and going to my guide, you know, pointing at something like, what is this? Daniel was his name. What is yes, this? What is this? Exactly. Should like I there's so <laughs> many interesting things, right? Yes. And then the sound of your heartbeat and your, the blood in your ears that you can hear when you're actually doing the snorkeling, it's like, you can hear your own biofeedback and that's, I didn't think about that, but that is true. Yeah. So it's really, uh, it's very Zen, you know, even if you can just swim and swim and swim to your point and you lose yourself in that uh, incredible environment. Now, maybe the, and also you come back to present time pretty darn quick when something comes across your radar that you go, what, what was that? So, you know, yes, exactly. Oh, Barracuda. Hang on. <laughs> it's not just an older woman. <laughs> <laughs> so funny but yeah so that was i absolutely loved adored adored that experience so i can't wait to see the video of the pods if you happen to get some of that footage boy that would be amazing i don't know if you can hear there's a little traffic driving by outside all of a sudden traffic time so so I, what i'm flashing back to too is how those sea turtles you know go out in great big um bunches as they hatch from their eggs there's just you know thousands of them go off the beach and they're all together just giving her down the beach trying to survive <laughs> oh yeah i would love to see that and well this is another thing at the beaches though um because i rented an airbnb um way on the far side of the beach beautiful beautiful place but out there where not all the tourists were they had several um nests of the turtles and they had them marked with, so that way people wouldn't step on them. But at first I didn't know that's what it was. Then somebody told me, it's like, right. oh, okay, I'll make sure to be very careful. <laughs> um, so, I mean, that would be, a, I would, that would be an experience I would love to see, but I think it's a little hard to know, like when they're going to hatch. <laughs> yeah. Well, Google earth probably has it figured out, dialed in. Maybe so. so. Yeah, exactly. Let's shift gears for, uh, to the next um, animal adventure that you've been on, which is on land, which is your horses, horse adventures. Yes. A little bit about what I you do. Well, first I'm going to share that my grandparents used to take me every summer in the Canadian Rockies to a place called Beaverfoot Lodge. Mm -hmm. And they, it's like way out in the middle of nowhere and they had a horse riding and then they had um, like these Oregon trail wagons. Um, so we'd get it like, Sometimes we'd sleep in the lodge and then we'd usually spend a couple nights sleeping out in the wagon and have campfires and we'd ride horses. So that was my first introduction to horses. Then when I was in Uganda and we had our hotel, our hotel was right on the lake. And then our school was up in the hills. And I mean, Lake Vignoni, if you ever get a chance, most beautiful place. 
beautiful peninsulas, islands in it. So I just thought it'd be this most magical experience to get horses, do horseback riding business where people would go up into the hills and see, see the view. So I had like talked to the whole three people who had horseback riding businesses in Uganda. I'd made a whole business plan. And so then when I was in Cosmo Island, um, picking up my laptop and trying to get a car, which was supposed to just be one week, um, somebody took me and said, oh, Crystal, would you like to come meet some horses? I was like, sure. <laughs> so took my kids out there and saw these horses. And I saw that they had eaten the field down to nothing mm -hmm. and that they were really super skinny. And then basically, long story short, um, I found out that the horses, like Cosmo Island apparently used to have tons of horseback riding business, um, mostly supported by the cruise ships. These particular horses hadn't worked in like a year and a half. Um, and like the guy had zip lines, he had ATVs, his whole business was just shut down right and this is what has happened to so many businesses so um i found out like oh tons of horses on the island had died um that many others were just you know at the brink of survival and my little business mine <laughs> yes. said there's a problem i could come up with a solution <laughs> And I said, well, I always did want a horseback riding business. So <laughs> I bought the horses at like dirt, dirt, dirt cheap um, from the one person that I saw the horses from and then bought one other horse. And the other horse that I bought, the guy, the, he's a strong cowboy. He started crying Yeah. <laughs> when he saw this horse. And then I wanted to cry because he was crying. You know, because he loved his horse so much, but he was selling his horse so he could take care of his other horses. And so then I was like, all right, now I have horses. But let me tell you, I got to tell you, I'm going to back up before this. Because the time before I came to the island, this is an interesting story. The time I came when my laptop needed to be repaired, I was walking to do the laundry. Because they don't have necessarily, not every place has a laundry mat in it. So I was walking to a place to do the laundry and this guy stopped me and he said, please, I have somebody who's sick. One of my relatives is sick on the mainland. I don't have money to go to the mainland. Can you buy a belt from me? So I want to show you the belt because I have the belt with me. Uh -huh. this is the belt. And it's like this old cowboy belt, right? That's not funny. So this is a very interesting belt. It looks like it was his grandfather's or something, you know? Leather belt, definitely it's got a cow like a head on it or a bull yeah. head on it. Yes. So I took this belt home to my kids. Yes. And actually, I saw the guy later also. And he told me, like a couple of days later, and he told me, I'll never, he shouted my name. He said, Crystal, as I was walking down the street and found that he was back from his trip. And he said, I'm never going to forget you because I even gave him some extra money later because I felt convicted. Like I walked away from him. I was like, even though I bought the belt from him, he probably needs more money. So I walked back to him, like, but not right away. I'm going to be honest. Like, I kept walking, even though my heart was, like, telling me to give him more. And then my heart was like, Crystal, give him more. And I was like, okay, you're shouting at me now, heart, okay. <laughs> so right. turned around, gave him more, said a prayer for his, his sick relatives. So he said, I'll never forget your, your name, what you did, everything. So I took this belt, though, home. 
to my kids. Immediately, they put on this belt, and they began riding around the house, and they were pretending they were cowboys, and they were pretending they were riding on horses. And so this was a couple weeks then before this other experience. And so I bring this, we call it either the magic belt or the miracle belt. Right. Um, Love it. So it's kind of like, you know, the story of the magic bean or something like that. <laughs> yes. Magical powers. That's right. Yes. So, but I loved how my kids, you know, they began, I really believe in the power of visualization as, mm -hmm. as part of manifestation, right? So right away with this belt, this is exactly what my kids began to do. They began to visualize that they were riding on horses. Mm -hmm. They like, everything was about being a cowboy, right? right. And then yes. Weeks later, there we were <laughs> with, with horses. <laughs> Love it. Uh, and so then, right into being, right into happening. So then, um, oh, then, so I got my next, I got my first um, client when I was on the ferry. Um, the next time I was on the ferry, because and he was drunk, drunk, <laughs> get go. <laughs> and we started up a conversation and I told him all about the horses and got his phone number. He said, yeah, I want to come. I'm going to bring five people. Oh, wow. So right away that first week, five people went out riding. And now I've reduced the number of horses that I have from six down to half of that amount. Um, I've, but I got the horses chewed. I've given them vitamins. I bought hay for them. And all of this, though, is done like in faith. But every single week, I've had people who have paid that have helped to cover the costs of taking care of the horses. Even this week, um, I only used one of my horses and I used somebody else's horses because now I got a place for them to be boarded. So where they needed more horses to be able to do business. And also like just having a few horses isn't so good for doing business. So we brought our horses together um, and did another horse ride with three beautiful women out in the jungle together and it paid for the horses food for the week and their medical care. Right. Yes. And so, yeah, just did it because it was there in the moment. And, <laughs> and that's how it rolls with the divine yeah. planning. So and, but think about care for yourself. Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, me and my kids like go out and just hug the horses again, back to this hug and yes. I smell them. It makes me my grandparents who are stuck in, in can't see people because they're in, you know, um, assisted care living. But I feel close to my grandparents when I hug and smell the horses. And I think about the day I will get to hug my grandparents again. Mm -hmm. And I think it's been great for my kids. I've seen them just blossom by having that time out in nature, in mm -hmm. the jungle with the horses. But then I go out by myself without my kids for self-care and ride. And one thing I always wanted to do when I was doing those rides with my grandma was I wanted to run on a horse. Mm. And now I have that freedom to jump on a horse and run it through the jungle as full of speed as I want and be out there by myself, just running on this horse and like getting in a rhythm with the horse. So we're like together in this mm. and it's amazing. And then I can go back to my day. I can go back to my kids. I can go back to whatever um, 
either coaching per person I'm coaching or whatever website I'm building or, you know, like whatever task I'm doing and like be refreshed. Yeah. It's like, uh, releasing a superpower. Yes. Riding on a fast horse is like releasing a superpower. So it, it really is. I feel so charged after it. I'm like, I can take on the entire world. That's right. I die. <laughs> Did it die? It's so funny. So, Crystal, we're out of time again. On uh, you know, we have so much that we can uh, talk about on each one of the episodes that we get together um, on. How do people find you? Yes. So what I put together for this specific episode is um, a place that people can go, which is called AriseCourageousOne.com. And there they're just going to find a free gift of some affirmations, some declarations, some videos, things to help people build themselves up, build themselves up to courage, build themselves up and encourage themselves to, to be their best version of themselves. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. We'll have that all in the show notes. Um, Remember, if you love this episode and send some love to Crystal and her family, also remember to share because sharing is caring. We're growing this wonderful vibration in the world of courage, love, peace, and self-respect and autonomy. And so I love, I love all of your messages each time we talk, Crystal. Thank Thank you you again for coming on the show. Can't wait to watch the videos. Now, if you're listening to this as a podcast, please make sure you come to masteryourlife.ca so that you can see the video footage because it's going to be awesome. You're going to be mind blown by all these wonderful uh, videos that Crystal has taken by her own hand uh, with her new GoPro or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Love it. Love it. Love it. So everyone invite you to love yourselves, love each other, mind your minds. That's all for us. Bye for now. Bye. Thank you for being a part of our program today. Master Your Life is a presentation of Leah Mattinson Enterprises, Inc. Join us next time on Master Your Life, helping you to discover the very best of you.